Good evening, Disney friends. Welcome to the show. This is the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. I am Matt. I am your host. And we have got a ton to talk about. Disney continues to take away things from us um, that like to stay on site. And it's getting to a point where we start need to, need to start asking the question, um, is it even worth staying on site anymore? And that's a weird question to really ask. Um, so, you know, I'm going to bring on Peter from Princesses in the Mouse Disney Travel here real soon. And we're going to talk about some of the things that they're taking away, kind of what they're trying to give us back in return, and some of the other things that are going on around the park. Because they're quietly doing some things around the park um, with all this other noise going on. So let's hit some of our social media media accounts real quick. Our two biggest social media accounts are going to be on Facebook at DPI Podcast and over on Twitter at Disney Insights. That's where we are the most active, where we do the most content. And then if you find our personal pages as well, especially if you're into Disney photography, check those out because I've been posting a ton of stuff from around the parks here recently. And um, if you are on ViewBug, definitely check out DPI Photography out there um, because we've got a ton of stuff up on that site as well. So um, without further ado, let me bring on Peter here real quick and we will start talking some Disney. And it's not wanting to go to the right screen, so give me one second here. Hey, there you are. How are you doing tonight, Peter? Uh, pretty good, although without further ado, I don't know if I'm worth worth uh, much ado, but here I am regardless. <laughs> uh, so yesterday, Disney decided that they wanted to come out and basically... Give two middle fingers the people that love to stay on site um, with the confirmation of the removal of one and then kind of a surprise removal of another magical extra. So let's start with the big one. Um, as of 2022, the Magical Express to and from Orlando Airport will be no more. You know, let's talk a little bit about that. What are your thoughts? Well... I think so. First of all, you and I have made it abundantly clear that we've discussed, you know, the fact that Disney is posting these numbers and all these other things. And at the end of the day, um, yeah, they're, they're a bit, they're a large business, but they're still a business. And um, I think this might be, you know, they, they cited a couple of things. They cited the presence of all the different rideshare programs and the, the flexibility that a lot of guests are wanting to take. So, um, I think it comes out of a position of <clears throat> just, it, it's just no longer a viable cost for them. I, I do know that a lot of guests, even though the Magical Express is is obviously there, um, I do know that I myself have had plenty of clients who go, yeah, that Magical Express sounds great, but uh, we're just going to Uber or Lyft or whatever else. Um, I, I also kind of, I take it in and also sort of speculate like but like I, i'm waiting for the but right? <laughs> as am so, i as am i 
yeah, Disney's always really good of like, hey, we're doing this, but, um, and so you and I have already speculated about the Brightway train <clears throat> that's going in. Is it, is that it? Is it Brightway? Is that the company? Bright line. Bright line. Yeah. Um, so we've already speculated about that. And it seems like um, from reports that I was reading that the Brightline train might be operational along that stretch by 2022, um, which would just be, it, it would be very, very amazing if it was. I feel like that seems a little quick, but at the end of the day, there are a lot of options because I could get off, I could jump on that Brightline train, I could get off at Disney Springs, get that transportation around. Um, what I would like to see, here's where I would like the butts in this. I would like the luggage service back. And to be completely honest with you, if the luggage service were back to where I could put yellow tags on my bags and know that they'll be waiting for me in my resort room, um, you know, the bus is great. I always loved riding the bus, watching the video, saying, welcome to your Disney stay, mm-hmm. and all of that great stuff. The video was sort of like, hey, we're here, we did it. The video was the first thing that you were really experiencing, saying, all right, now I'm down in Disney. And um, I'm going to miss that. But at the end of the day, if I could get the luggage service back, I would be okay because normally we do get off, run straight for the parks and, and other things. Like I've been known to walk up to Magical Express and say, yes, I know that I'm staying at Pop Century, but I'm going to Magic Kingdom today. How about you put me on a Wilderness Lodge or a Contemporary Bus? Yeah. And having them, you know, switch where they're taking me. So I also wonder if if maybe there's a but in the Magical Express is going, but you could still add it onto your vacation package. For example, Disneyland, you can get a Magical Express but it's an add-on to your vacation package yeah. in the same way as, you, uh, you know, photo pass or, or whatever else. So I'm wondering if we're going to hear more news in the next in the coming months that says, yeah, we're taking away Magical Express, but we're still going to offer a transportation service for X amount of dollars to then provide our guests. Yeah, and it, at, at that point, it becomes no different than the cruise line. Because that's what you're doing for the cruise line from MCO right now is you're paying a transfer fee basically to get from MCO to the the port terminal, um, and you do the same thing back. And I want to say it's like forty five dollars a person. Yeah, and I, I believe the Disneyland um, bus is a similar cost, something like eighty ninety dollars round trip um, to and from LAX, which. I mean, LAX could be a three-hour bus ride on some days, to get, <laughs> I mean, depending on your flight lands. Well, and I mean, when, when you t- start looking at that cost, you know, if you were to take an Uber or something like that from MCO to one of the resorts, say, you're looking at that 40 to $50 range as well. Um, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's pretty much the same cost. Yeah, I could see them adding that as, a, a, as an add-on item. Um, just like they're doing with the magic bands now that aren't free anymore. And you know, what happens to dining plan? What happens to fast pass? Do they go to a max pass situation like they have in Disneyland right now? So I think there's a lot of things that 
Disney World is pivoting to where, hey, you know, can we make a buck or two on the things we've been offering for free? That is another really great point and um, definitely one to bring up. Like I said, I think they're setting us up saying Magical Express is gone starting January 1st. I'm waiting for the butt. You know, it was just released yesterday. As soon as it came across my email, I sent you a text that said, Rip Magical Express. <laughs> um, you know, you replied back a little bit going, oh, my God. Right. So so I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the butt um, because I just can't imagine Disney just saying, hey, we know you're coming to the greater Orlando area. Good luck getting to your final destination. Um it just doesn't seem like the Disney way. Exactly like you're saying, maybe they're looking to soften the blow by then saying, actually, we're going to do this, but we need you to foot a little bit of the bill because we're having a lot of difficulty. I mean, at any given time, what? There's 10 Magical Express buses sitting at the terminal. And imagine all the ones in transit and picking people up at the Oh, resort. yeah, yeah. I mean, they got to have a fleet of 50 plus dedicated buses that are just Magical Express. And you add to that the drivers and all those other things, benefits and all that. If you could take those drivers, bring them over to the parks and have them beef up your transportation system around your parks as your parks continue to grow in capacity. Um, You know, Maybe that's the maybe that's the thought process. Yeah, but we, we keep saying, hey, we're waiting for this butt. Hey, we're waiting for this butt. So let's move on to the next topic because we did get that butt with the next topic. So Disney World officially confirmed that um, the extra magic hours are kaput. But they gave us this awful 30-minute get-into-any-park-you-want before it opens kind of pittance as the return on it. So we did get the butt on that, but God, we can get into parks 30 minutes ahead of time anyway, right now. And now that's going to be your on-site guest, um, rewards. I mean, to me, that's kind of a, a POS offering from Disney on that. Yeah. And, and what you're saying is a good point. Like right now, magic, you know, Hollywood studios opens, um, 10 AM you get in the park at nine fifteen. Yeah. You be you can get on rides. I mean we when we were down there, we were getting in line for the Skyliner at eight forty five. Skyliner would start running right around nine. We would be piled up, you know, getting off the Skyliner, walking through the temp check area, and in the park by nine fifteen, I think we rode Tower of Terror, the park opened at ten AM. I think we rode Tower of Terror at like ten thirty five one or nine thirty five one morning. You know, like, yeah, I, I'm curious how that's going to play out. But I will say that that system is very similar to what they do in Disneyland. Um, if you have at least a three day ticket, you are allowed access to one of the parks early on one of your days. So you're allowed an hour early on one of the days. So it seems like this system is a little bit more in line with what they do in Disneyland. So I'm wondering if in this process, again, um, I just don't know how exactly like you said, I don't know how they're going to police that because as it is right now, 
I can walk into almost all of the parks an hour early. Yeah. So does it mean a half hour before that? So I can really get in an hour and a half early. Are they going to hold people at the, the parking lot entrance because there's lots of resort guests that use their own car there. Like how, how do you divvy out you get in and you do not in, in, in a efficient sort of way. I just, yeah. I, I don't imagine how that works. I just, I don't understand the choke point that they're going to be able to establish that only permits resort guests at a certain time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, because there, there's a lot of things that, you know, you're going to have, say, anybody that's on the Skyliner. Skyliner now has to start running a half hour earlier. You know, now granted, those are going to be all resort guests that are getting on the Skyliner. You're not going to have any non-resort guests getting on the Skyliner. But you have to figure out a way that where 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 do we start filtering out the non-resort guests? Because the first time that you're going to scan something, whether it be your, a magic band, whether it be your card, whether it be your phone is at the actual freaking gate. So there's, there's not a lot of places to where they can stop a person and say, Hey, um, you're not a resort guest. You go, you can't get in early. Or is it going to be one of those things like in extra magic hours where everybody scans their magic band when they're going on to a ride. And that's how they started filtering out guests. They're they're right there. You might have just come up with the idea because exactly like you said, in extra magic hours, you can a lot of times you're still gonna be able to get into the park that forty five, you know, minutes early, getting ready for rope drops and stuff, but early morning magic is going on and there was a cast member at the end of Main Street before you branch off to Fantasyland, where they have all the other entrances roped, and they have one entrance with a couple of cast members with uh, with uh, one of their little iPads. Yeah, with yeah. The scanners. So that might that might work. You still let the people in, but you're not allowed past a choke point, and you do not have access to the rides without scanning your. Is it going to be Magic Band? Because it seems like that's sort of getting phased out with the advent of the new My Disney Experience upgrades. Yeah, I, I think I think you're going to have Magic Band. Band. You're going to have cards. You're going to have um, the phone app. Yeah, I think a lot of it's going to be done through the phone. Uh-huh. And, uh, and again, back to not to beat a dead horse, but that's exactly how Disneyland works. So when I went to Disneyland, I took my four-day ticket. I loaded it into my Disneyland app. And we scanned my phone while I put my finger on to get into the Disneyland parks. I used my phone to see all the fast pass availability. I paid the 15 extra dollars per day to get max pass, um, which allows you to get your fast passes on your phone versus at the rides. So Disneyland, you go up to the rides, you push a button and you get a ticket with a return time. Uh huh. If you pay for Max Pass, you can do all of that on your phone. And you don't book Fast Passes ahead of time. There's still a free service. But if you want the convenience of not having to walk to the ride to get the return time, if you want to be waiting in line for Pirates and getting a return time for Splash, you can do that, right? 
Um, you just have to pay for Max Pass. So I, I think all of this is very speculative. We obviously have no, you know, confirmation, but it could very well be that the future of Disney World feels a lot like the current Disneyland. Although I will say I would take the current Disney World at whatever it is compared to the current Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's, that's a pretty good transition into our next thing. Um, so Disneyland is going to open here relatively soon. Um, just not in the way that everybody wants it to. The state of California and Disneyland have worked out an agreement to use, uh, I don't know if it's going to be a parking lot or what they're going to use. Um, but making Disneyland a mass coronavirus, uh, vaccination site. So if you want Mickey, Minnie and Donald and Goofy giving you your coronavirus shots, either go to your local health department or Disneyland. Uh, yay, California. I might fly to California just to say I got my vaccine at Disneyland. Yeah, they're going to give you pins and everything, I think. So, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. Special I, edition pin, Mickey with a mask and a needle. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... So let's let's turn to some actual good news around the parks. So uh, Epcot, we're seeing some movement on a couple of different things. So today we saw a second barge for Harmonious. So Taco Barge number one that has the giant robotic arm is in the lagoon. And now we have Taco Barge number two in the lagoon of what sounds like to be about five barges that are going to be in that lagoon. And these things are not small. So hopefully they are going to be taking them in and out because... Where they sit in the lagoon right now, they are huge eyesores. Um, but movement on that, who knows when we're going to get fireworks, nighttime shows, anything like that. Um, but there is some speculation that we might get a socially distanced Fantasmic show here soon, since it's the only nighttime show that actually has a stage and seating. Um, they may be working in a socially distanced uh, Fantasmic here soon. And uh, who knows what's going to happen with fireworks because basically the other three parks are, or the other two parks are fireworks shows and then Animal Kingdom just doesn't have anything at night because apparently they don't like to be open at night. Um, So, Whoa, Animal Kingdom has rivers of light. No, they don't. They did, I'm saying. They did and now it's gone and now it doesn't stay open past five again and yay Animal Kingdom for being the park that has probably one of the best rides to ride at night in Everest and you can't ride it at night. Right. So, um, the other good news is the construction walls are down at Remy's Ratatouille adventure. Um, so they've just got the little temporary hedges up, which is great news. There is a small press gathering, uh, Thursday this week, but I don't think it's anything to do with that ride, but, you know, this is the next stage in possibly having this ride open that was supposed to be opened summer of last year. So um, so we might get that sometime this spring. I know that you're looking forward to that ride opening and hoping that, hoping that it opens here in the next month or so, um, as am I. But I know that my wife will um, slap me around a little bit if I get to ride it before uh, I take her and the kids down there. I'll go without you. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got no problem putting a Grand Marnay slushie in your hand and putting you on the fountain in Paris. Coming back for you later. Yeah, I'm a, I, I really, 
from all reports, it's ready to open. Yeah. But from everything that I've seen, they've open it tomorrow. They've been like, doing like special edition, like bringing special guests in, showing them the building, it. letting them ride the ride. Yeah, there's a yeah, there was a girl with a either a Twitter or a TikTok or or whatever channel <laughs> that was like huge Ratatouille fan, and they brought her in to see it all. And so, unless they're just putting like the finishing touches on like those little minute details in the ride theater, yeah, um, but everything's done. Yeah, all the pavilions are up, all of the ride queues are up. It looks like all the stickers are put for the social distance lines. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like it's ready to go. The only question is, are they worried that it will then cause with the, with the current situation pandemic that we're still working on, still going through, are they worried that it will cause this huge surge into Epcot that will be very difficult to control? And that answer is probably yes, but that answer is also solved by, you know, basically turning people away, saying, we're sorry, the line's full, bye. Yeah, and they do that. I mean, I was at the parks over Christmas. They were doing that for um, Galaxy's Edge. They were doing that for Slinky Dog Dash. They were doing that for Runaway Railway. They they can cap the lines. Right. Um, and, and this, you know, again, we, we talk about all this technology that Disney has. It would be very, very quick and easy to program on so that when you go to get on the ride, your card scans, right? Mm -hmm. And if it flashes green, you're good because you haven't ridden it yet today. And if it flashes red, it means you've ridden it today and you're, you need to get out of the line. So when you go to get into the line, they scan your magic band, your card, your app, whatever, and they just see if you've ridden it already. And that would be a very, very quick and easy way because everybody in the park would be able to ride it once because it has to have the capacity for that, I would imagine. Just for the opening, for the opening three months, put it on a virtual queue. Go Rise of the Resistance on it. Put it on a virtual queue. Open it up in the morning. Do a do a re-release in the afternoon for people that haven't ridden it if they have more capacity in the afternoon. And just do that for the first three months. Then you get those people that come in, they ride it, and then peace out, they're out of the park. I mean, the same thing with Rise of the Resistance. You get people that will come into Hollywood Studios just to ride that ride, and then they are gone. Yeah, right. They already have they already have all of the systems in place to open this ride. If it's ready, you know, like you said, roll it out. All you gotta do is just change the ATAT into a rat. And yeah. and, and and you know and like you said, it, it was some time ago, but they changed the verbiage in the virtual queue, and it now says my virtual queues. Yeah, they, they so, did that before the parks even reopened. Right. And and I know it said my virtual queue beforehand because mm-hmm. I had ridden Rise of the Resistance several times before we got down to this. So it seems like as Tron comes online, as Guardians of the Galaxy comes online, as Ratatouille comes online, and um, you have all these new experiences. Why not set up virtual queues and and? But then we're getting really, really close to Max Pass, where you have one active at a time, and when you enter the window, you can book the next one and blah 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 blah. Um, we're 
we're just getting closer and closer to describing exactly how my Disneyland experience went. No, exactly, exactly. And is this a way with them getting ready to release Genie to put some consistency across the U.S. parks so Genie can be used at either park? Yeah, very well could be. Although Genie's going to put me out of work. I know Genie's Genie's going to suck. But I don't know. I still... just remember the computers are out to get you guys. <laughs> Stick with the humans. Not Terminator. Oh, um, oh, oh. I oh. I do think I do think that there's still a lot of advantage because with Genie, from what I understand, you basically answer a preference sheet like a questionnaire type of thing and then it builds your itinerary and all of that stuff. But I just can't imagine that the coding's gone into it to do things that a travel agent does. For example, I will very intentionally make your fast pass back to back in the same area of the park, put a dining reservation around there. And then if you have a fast pass in another area of the park, I will give that plenty of time gap. And I just, I I mean, I know you can code that obviously, but I just don't know if that system will have all those things coded that an experienced Disney person who knows the parks, I haven't grabbed a map at any Disney park in years, right? The only map that I maybe grab is like a food and wine festival so I can see what all the offerings are this time and, and all that other stuff. So the knowledge to be able to take your your rides and put them near one another so that you can leave one and hit the next the ability to have your dining planned out so that as you get off the ride you're ready to go to your dining reservation so that your my biggest pet peeve with a poor planned day is you end up wasting a ton of time sitting around waiting for it either that or you 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 plan so poor that you're constantly running from one side of the park to the other yeah that's what that motion was yeah 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 or or like you set a fast pass at nine and then you set a fast pass at 11 and they're right next to each other and so exactly like you said you get off the one and go well crap what am i going to do for the next hour and 20 minutes exactly or you go okay i've got an 11 o'clock fast pass and i've got a noon reservation and you realize they're a half a mile across the park there's there's a huge benefit to talking to people who know what they're doing and have been there many many times. Oh yeah, especially yeah. if you're you're new. I mean, well, I planned a trip once for a client. They had probably been a dozen times, and they were one of my friends. So they said, "Hey, you want to plan this trip for us? I know you get a commission. Why don't you do all the planning for us? Because you seem to know even more than us after the dozen times we've been there." And I planned it all for him, and they got back and went. I had no idea Disney could be that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, just just in the the transformation from kind of our first trip now seven, eight years ago to trips that we're taking here recently, just as you learn and evolve, and and it's not only knowing where everything is, but you learn where the people go very quick. Yes. Especially in the mornings and at night, you know where the people are going to be and you can plan yourself away from the people a lot of the day. Um, and you're, you're crossing over the people and not following the flow of the people and, and getting in those long lines, line after line after line. Um, right. you can, there's, there's just simple things that you can do 
to go a different way, to start with a different ride, and you miss kind of the peak points at most of the rides. Or you're going to put these preferences in, and it's going to give you, it's going to like your three fast passes for the day that got booked 60 days in advance are Voyage of the Little Mermaid, Dumbo, and Magic Carpets of Aladdin because you said that you want family-friendly rides. Yeah, yeah. What a, what a waste, right? <laughs> like one of my favorite things to do on a hot day is go sit in the Dumbo line because you get under shade right away, you get into the big top, and then they give you a stinking pager while your kids run around the circus top. Yeah, Like yeah. There's a play area in there. You get a 10-minute sit and relax. Your kids run off some steam. Like, I, I've never once fast passed Dumbo, and I would never imagine fast passing Dumbo because the standby line is where it's at. Yeah, yeah, especially going in the summer, going spring break, that kind of thing where you are beating the heat and, and getting in that air conditioning. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal to get that pager and just kind of chill out and let the kids kind of roll. Yeah, now, granted, that was pre-COVID, and who knows what's going to happen with that play area post-COVID, but it, it, it is what back. it is. It, yeah. It'll come back. You just got to give things time. So, um, last thing to talk about, you know, we're, we're about a half hour in today. Um, so last week we talked about, well, I guess there's two more things. Last week we talked about guardians of the galaxy and how it was kind of omitted from the 2021 opening schedule. Well, lo and behold, last week, about Friday last week, here come in the ride vehicles for guardians of the galaxy. (laughs) So to me, that is that ride's getting really, really close now. Um, so you know, maybe we need to kind of backtrack and say, hey, we might get to see Guardians of the Galaxy prior to the 50th this year. Yeah, I I hope so. Um, I'm really, and it's exactly what I speculated when the news came out that the ride vehicles were being delivered. I thought, well, I wonder if that was the delay because I know they had a set of it over for track testing. So I wonder if there was like a minor tweak or if it was given the all clear and the, the remainders were brought. Um, but I, I hope so. I think that's going to be a really, really awesome experience. Um, you know, everybody was mad the Tower of Terror in California Adventure went to Guardians of the Galaxy. But I've got to tell you, the ride was better than... I I've heard that Tower a lot. Yeah, I, I love Tower of Terror. The Guardians of the Galaxy version, Mission Breakout, blows Tower of Terror out of the water. Tower of Terror is is old news. Now, I, I get, like, the nostalgic fans are going to be like, how dare you, that's blasphemy. Oh, I love Maelstrom, forget Frozen. Like, But that's just that's just not what Disney is anymore. No, no. And um, so I'm glad that Disney, I'm glad they kept Tower of Terror, and they're also getting the Guardians into the parks over here. I hope to see more Marvel-themed things. I hope to see more Star Wars-themed things. Obviously, we have the hotel coming. I'm waiting. Boy, I am I am waiting every day for the Halcyon reservations available because you got to believe. I'm going to be like, oh, dear God. <laughs> My high school students will be sitting there like, Salvador, what are you doing? I'm be like, shut up. Uh, this is chemistry. Uh. <laughs> You're over there hugging your lightsaber. Yeah. Uh what was the what was the one more thing? What one, one more thing was us uh, actually the Stitch release. So uh, Stitch Stitch invading the um the classic Disney things. 
starts this month. Merch pass for the first month for January. So it's Stitch in Beauty and the Beast. Um, actually is live today. So definitely get on shopdisney.com and do your merch pass for that. I believe it is going to be in Disney stores though. Now, one thing I was surprised about was how limited these releases are going to be. So online, like the pin release, it's a single pin, $30. And there was only 4,300 of them available online. By six. Yeah. It, it it's it's nuts. Um and then there's only gonna be a plush, a pin, and a magic band with each of these sets. So there's not a lot to these sets either. So uh, I'm I don't know why the change because the last three years those sets were so popular with the Mickey's birthday, the Words of Wisdom, and then Minnie's main attraction last year, they were so popular across the board. Even last year, with each month having like six items, I don't, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know why they're cutting back so much on this release because it's got to be a great money maker because they know they're going to sell out of these items. Yeah, I, I mean that works with any limited edition thing, right? Um, that's the the crazy draw of Disney. There are people out there that want this memorabilia, are willing to pay, you know, hand over fist for this memorabilia. So um, it is interesting that uh, that they're because those those limited releases are sort of like they built themselves into sort of a trend. Every month you would get a three pin set, you would get some type of a a bag or plush mm-hmm. or hat or so, you know, two, three other items between like clothing and apparel Well, apparel is clothing. Um, so apparel or, or other types of, of accompaniments. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'd have this pin set. So it is very interesting that they've, they've broken their own mold because they had sort of trained us for what to expect. Yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, when I when I pulled up the merch, merch pass today and only saw the three items, I, I honestly was completely disappointed because, you know, I think they missed the boat on ears. You know, I think behind pins, ears are probably the most collected item by Disney fans. And that, yeah, I mean, you've got a room full of them. Yep, and there's more. There's more that need to go up and... My wife has already said when I go down next month, she said, well, you're going down without me, so I expect an ear for every day. Oh, yay. <laughs> it's fine. I like them. I like them. They're really cool. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's a really cool collection. And like I said, I think, you know, behind the pin collectors, your your ear fans are probably your next biggest collectibles out of Disney. So for them not to do a set of ears in this collection was, was mind boggling to me, but again, trying times and who knows what production cost versus resale is on it. So who knows, who knows, um, you know, you talk about with the pandemic, who knows how long creative individuals were having difficulty getting together and working on projects and, Yeah, we had Zoom and all those other things, but that's a lot different than sitting in a production meeting, throwing out prototypes and 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's, it's just a whole lot of speculation, but, um, you know, maybe the collection's going to beef up as it goes along. Maybe this isn't, you know, maybe this is just the soft launch, not necessarily the whole thing. So, I don't know. There's uh, Or maybe this is the first of multiple collections this year that they may be releasing an ear collection and that kind of stuff in tow with the 50th anniversary of, right. of World. So. That's the other thing. We could just be sitting here waiting for the October time to roll around, and then we're just going to get this bombardment of pageantry you know from from october <laughs> through into 2022 i mean it's just we, we have no idea they could just be slow playing things knowing that they've got something big for september october november december yeah yeah of, of this year so um one more quick note for those of you that have not heard this Sorcerers of Magic Kingdom is shutting down in 10 days. Um, I heard that, but I don't, I don't know that it's going away for good. I don't think it is. I think what's going to happen is it's going to be moving to the Play Disney app, and you're still going to be able to interact with the portals just utilizing your smartphone. Yeah. Um, I definitely think the collector cards are going away. I'm guessing that you're going to be able to do something like open it up. You'll get to like get a starter pack of digital cards and then you'll choose them and, and do whatever and have them interact. And, you know, your phone will send out, you're holding up Pongo. So your phone is yeah interacting with the system. So it knows that you have a Pongo card and, and all of that, because it just seems like there was so much done in the digitizing of that, because every card produces a unique result. Yeah. So when you held a card up, that attack showed up on the screen. I can't imagine that they would just be like, man, not a lot of people are playing it. So we're just going to, no, I don't buy that. Cause even if the, not a lot of people are playing it, it's off to the side. It doesn't take up space. It's not a safety concern. There's, there's absolutely no reason to just destroy that, that that experience it, it just doesn't make any sense but i guess i guess my concern would be is okay i'm i'm a huge card collector sports card collector um if you were to tell me that uh upper deck was going to just release an online set and that was it i there's no fun in that because a lot of the fun in something like that type of collection is the tactile sensation of the card for a kid. Tell me. Yeah. For a kid pulling the card out and, and show. Yeah. I mean, yeah. At this point you're saying here, Hey, five-year-old, here's my phone. Go play sorcerers. Yeah. I mean, mean, Perry, the platypus was the same way. The uh, Perry, the platypus around Epcot showcase. They used to hand you a handheld thing and you would check it out, check it in. And now you just run it through your phone. It, it's still the exact same animations and everything else, but it has lost a bit. And you don't got to tell me about the card collection. I've got the full card collection, one through 70. I have all but the first couple of party cards. If any of you listening want to help me out with party cards, one through five, I have some other party cards. I'm willing to buy them off you, like whatever. Um, you know, I... You don't got to tell me. I love it. I would, 
I mean, if I had a client who was going to the parties, immediately I'd be like, hey, would you do me a huge favor? Red firehouse to the left-hand side, swing in there, grab the cards, keep some of them for your collection. If you could even give me one, that would be so amazing of you. Like, that would that'd be the first thing that I would say to them. Yeah, I mean, so it, it, it's sad to see, and hopefully they come out with something that, that works well with the system and and still gives some of that magic because i think i think the more we talk about the things that are going away and the things that are changing you're losing some of that magic um because to me magic's not in the phone it it, it just isn't in the phone and and, you know magic is opening that box of magic bands and and getting on the magical express you know not having your luggage with you when you get on the Magical Express, it's those types of things that make a Disney vacation different. And it's why I do more Disney vacations than I do anything else. Because I like those items. I like the ability to vacation the Disney way. So it, it with the things that they're taking away, it really kind of downgrades my thought when it comes to a Disney vacation. Because now... Starting in 2022, going to have to find my own way to the parks. That's going to add a hundred or so dollars. I'm going to have to handle my own luggage. That's going to cost me time, you know. And for me, I, I quantify my time. My time's money in a lot of cases. So you know, the more time I'm spending doing stuff like that, standing in lines, that kind, of, it just that's the kind of stuff that pisses me off, and I don't want to do on vacation. So. Yeah, I, I agree with all those things. I do think the dining plan will be back. I wonder, I believe Fast Pass will be back in some form or fashion, and there will still be a perk for staying on site. So I know on like the teaser you said, is it even worth staying on site? Yeah, I, I still think there are perks. Um, let's just let's just cut to the chase and talk about the biggest perk. If you stay off site, you're gonna ride share into the park or drive yourself into the park and pay parking every day. And if your resort does have a shuttle, they're typically at predetermined times. They only run every couple few hours. Um, the fact that I can jump on a bus or transportation, you know, fit every 15, 20 minutes. I, yeah. I still look at, you know, the fact that I can charge back to my rooms from within the park. There's still a lot there for why the Disney hotel and the Disney experience. But you're right. Um, it's going to feel different because now my vacation is not going to start till I get to the resort and all of my vacations start when I pull into the resort. Yeah. Right. Like my, my Disney vacation was special because my luggage magically disappeared. I boarded a bus and I watched a 40 minute video and I got dropped off in this map. My vacation started at the airport. Yeah. Um, Instead of, okay, now I'm at my hotel. Now my vacation's beginning. Exactly. Right, they're, pulling, they're pulling a little bit out of that for sure. Yeah. So, um, so Peter, thanks for joining us tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of end the episode and then I'll, I'll touch back with you here in a couple of minutes. I wore this to match Matt's mood. <laughs> right. So, Again, a, a lot of things going on at Disney right now. Um, if you want to stay on top of everything that's going on, definitely follow us either on Facebook or on Twitter 
at DPI Podcast on Facebook, at Disney Insights on Twitter. Um, like Again, those are where we are the most active. If you want to get in touch with Peter, at PATM Disney Travel over on Facebook. Um, and if you follow the DPI Podcast page, you will see links to his account very readily um, on the post. So we do a lot of work together to help people make the most out of their Disney vacation. So I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Um, fantastic, fantastic show tonight. And um, definitely want to thank Peter for coming on. Just, you know, good to get his side from the, the travel agent. So if you are looking to go, definitely Princesses of the Mouse Disney Travel. But until we see you guys down at the parks, you stay safe. Um, get vaccinated if that's what you want to do. And hopefully we'll see you at the parks here real soon. Bye now.